still no Monster Bash reveal. Oktoberfest Pinball on Tap is officially announced. Interview with Rob Burke of Pinball Expo. Hi, my name is Jonathan Houston from Pinball Magazine and with me is... I'm Martin Ayer from Pinball News. And welcome to our monthly free audio podcast in which we are summarizing the pinball industry news of, in this case, September 2018. And yes, it was and an exciting month, wasn't it? It absolutely was. Um, we both went to Vancouver Flip Out, uh, on which we will be uh, talking briefly, I guess. Um, and, uh, well, there's some news, uh, revealed regarding new and, uh, upcoming games. Um, and, well, lots of little tiny bits that usually keep us running for two hours or more. Yes, but we'll try and get through it as quick as we can this time and not, not, uh, not dither too much. So let's, let's get straight to it with our very first headline, which was, there's still no official reveal of the Monster Bash remake game from Chicago Gaming. Now, now what do we know about what happened um, in the last couple of weeks, St. Jonathan? Um, officially, we don't know anything. But, what I hear is, the game is awaiting approval, apparently from Williams, because apparently Chicago Gaming developed a second game that is running on the new software. So, as a player, you could be choosing between classic gameplay and the new game that they developed. But for the new game, they still need some approval. Um, um, I don't know any details on that, but this is what I heard um, last week um, from a source that I consider to be very reliable. So, Okay, so this game did actually make an appearance at a private party just recently, didn't it? And um, it was shown just for one night only, but all the people who played it had to sign a non-disclosure agreement so they wouldn't uh, reveal any of the details of what it is that they saw. That seems to be holding up quite successfully at the moment. So we don't, we, we weren't there, so we don't know what, what, uh, what was seen and whether indeed did it have those there's two versions of the Monster Bash game on it, the original and the and the recoded version. We also uh, don't know how many people were there, so it's like we don't know what we're looking for. <laughs> That's true, but um, if what you say is is, uh, is is correct or what you've heard, that would certainly uh, be a good reason why it's taking some time to get the game um, um, fully signed off and um, and released and shown to the public. Right. It will also be interesting, uh, personally, uh, at least that's what I figured, um, if they are doing a, uh, a new game, are they using like the voice calls of the older game, but they just developed uh, a new game code for it? I don't know, but uh, the, I was wondering whether they would be using like sound bites and music from, from the original game, but just change the rules and or develop something completely new, because obviously with this theme, if they could get access to to movie footage and and stuff from the uh, from the Universal Monsters, uh, then it would be really cool, I guess. Yeah, indeed. But that 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 would actually be taking things to a whole new level, wouldn't it, for Chicago Gaming? In fact, if if they had produced an entire new version of the game using the existing hardware, that's that's quite a a move on from simply remake. I say simply, but you know, remaking existing games and um, 
in some cases improving or up up resing the artwork on some of them for the for the display to actually right. go ahead and and completely rewrite the rules and create new sounds possibly and music and yeah. and I guess lighting effects and you know a whole bunch more that's that's always creating a whole new game except for well, the hardware part yeah well the hardware is there um, but then again they've been working on this for quite some time so it's all very very possible um, but officially nothing has been announced and one of the sources actually that we, uh, I was sort of hoping on to get some news from in person of um, Ashley Davis um, who was hired uh, to be the assistant of DocScore about um, I'd say 10 days before DocScore left and went to Sternpinball um, well she didn't last long either uh, she already left Chicago Gaming, so she's no longer there. And um, now we just have to um, wait for an official release. I mean, the only person that that is probably the one to talk to, let's put it like that, uh, would be Doc Duba, and yeah. he's not exactly he's not exactly known to be very communicative to the outside world in terms of. Um, uh, distributors and all that uh, that kind of stuff, uh, let alone pl uh, press, uh, which I think we are. So, yes. Yeah, so we just have to wait to see what we see. Um, there's, there's no suggestion they're going to be revealing anything at any uh, upcoming shows. They haven't, well, they haven't, they haven't announced this month. So well, they, have, they haven't said they're going to announce anything or, or show anything at Expo. And um, well, that looks surprise, like, maybe. <laughs> yeah, well, um, the field's pretty much wide open. I'd have thought at Expo, there's not there's not um, many or any other reveals expected. Well, I suppose Stern will be probably. No, uh, no Stern, will not, still, Stern will not be revealing a new game at Expo. I'm telling you now. Ah, okay. Hey, you heard it here first. The the uh, Sternorama on uh, Saturday night, which uh, is kind of taking over the, the banquet. I don't want to get too much into uh, Pinball Expo just yet, because we've got that coming up a bit later. But um, Sternorama is the Saturday night entertainment at Pinball Expo and effectively closes the show. Right. Um, and, they won't, uh, and you heard it here, they won't be revealing anything. So no, no monsters or beetles or anything being shown yeah. there. There has been some speculation that uh, monsters and beetles might be switched. The original expected order of release would be first monsters and uh, beetles a couple of months after that. Um, although there initially were also rumors that there would be two expo releases being both monsters and beetles. Um, but what I heard uh, earlier, well, basically last month, is that Stern is not going to be revealing anything. They just have Deadpool out. They are producing. Uh, the premiums and the limited editions right now. Uh, the Pro has already been on the line. It would just be too quick after the launch of Deadpool, and it basically would eat up uh, Deadpool sales if they would well, announce anything. Well, that certainly seemed to be a danger when the initial timeline of announcing something in uh, in October at Expo, um, given what we knew that that, um, that Deadpool was going to be announced in late August. Or, or uh, mid-August, and um, with the LE and Premium being being produced early September, I'm sorry, mid-September to late September into into October, yes, that didn't make a lot of sense. Um, pushing all those games out so quickly together, or so so rapidly, um, so it, 
it's not entirely surprising, although in a way it's a bit disappointing because Stern did say they were going to they were going to have at least one game to reveal at Expo, and if they haven't, then uh, well, I'm not even sure they did. Whether they actually said that, usually Stern is not very uh, committing themselves to when they are releasing a game. Um, well, right. uh, let, let me let me clarify that it wasn't Stern; it was Joe Kamikow actually came and said, "I'll be back next year with at least one, if not two." Yes, correct. Games. You are correct, and apparently, from what I, my sources tell me. Um, we're not going to see anything at Expo. If we're going to see anything at Expo, then it might be similar to the Batman release that you just get to see uh, a couple of games behind a rope, but you can't play them. Right. Okay. So they might might not even be at the show. But they might just be in the in the factory behind a rope for the for those who are going on the the factory tour. But still, I uh, I doubt that. But okay, that that could still be the case. Yeah. Okay, um, so yes, you mentioned that Stern are now producing the, um, the Deadpool limited edition and premium. Right. Uh, they've also been quite busy on the on the code front, haven't they? Updating a number of games. Right. Yes. Last month we saw updates for uh, five games: Batman, Deadpool, Guardians of the Galaxy, Iron Maiden, and Aerosmith. Aerosmith was sort of a surprise because that's. You figured sort of like um, um, gone and done. Uh, yeah, basically like. done. Yeah. So um, I actually was at the Stern factory, and um, little little scoop, although it's probably not a real scoop. Um, although Stern said that they would not be making any Metallicas, they were actually making Metallicas as well. Hmm. Okay, they've got form with that, haven't they? Yeah, but uh, only, uh, from what I understood, they are only building a handful of games. So that's probably just for, for one distributor that asks for a couple of games. And then, so they're, I think they're maybe building 20 or so, I don't know. Okay. Um, that's, that number is just a guess, don't quote me on it. It's just, from well, what I saw at the factory floor, it's not that many. I mean, it was full Deadpool production all the way. And um, well, from the sounds of it, you're reading it off your uh, your notes that you made there. Um, coming here, a lot of paper being flicked through and uh, documents oh, no. being checked. Yeah, um, just, just like that. Scratching or, my head. <laughs> or, or, or are you leafing through Pinball Magazine number five by any chance? Oh, how nice of you to bring that up. <laughs> no, I'm not. Le uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, moving on from that then. Um, so, uh, Jersey Jack Pinball also started producing their their current title, the Pirates of the Caribbean. Right. With the single disc. With the single disc, yes. And, um, well, since you mentioned Pinball Magazine number five, I have to say thank you to Jack Guarnieri of Jersey Jack Pinball, who did a very nice promo of uh, on Pinball Magazine number five at the Vancouver Flip Out seminar that he did. And it's actually recorded on video. I recommend everybody to uh, to take a look at it because it, I thought it was quite funny. Well, that was, that was fortunate somebody recorded it all on video for you. Uh, yeah, thank you it. very much for that, Martin. <laughs> <laughs> You're very, very welcome. So, um, but yes, that was uh, that was nice to be able to to, to um, do video recordings of uh, of the, the three seminars they had at uh, Vancouver. So, thanks to all the speakers there, and also, of course, to Tommy and Suzanne. Right. So, and for those who haven't seen it yet, so what happened is uh, Jack started his seminar and. 
um, instead of being on the stage, he sort of uh, walked through the audience, um, which was sitting on a sort of um, arena-like um, uh, tribune, uh, I would call it. And um, so he spotted me in the audience and he started talking about the magazine and then he had uh, Butch Peel pull out the magazine from his backpack and then he basically took the magazine and he just landed it on the table just to hear the sound of it hitting the table as impressive as that is because it's like a phone book hitting the table. It was. It was. Uh, it was pretty loud, and uh, I think it was. It made the. Uh, it made the point uh, exactly what a, a, a hefty volume it, it certainly is. Um, but also at um, at the uh, Vancouver Flip Out Pinball Expo, to get the name absolutely correct. Um, apart from Jack's seminar, there was also there was a nice seminar by um, Mike Kalinowski of. Um, Homepin talking right. about Thunderbirds and the development of his company, yeah. and um, and Joe Balser of American of Pinball. American Pinball, who apart from talking about the making of Houdini, right at the very end, um, revealed a, a couple of little little teasers for their second title, right, which is called Oktoberfest Pinball on Tap. Right. Uh, now, what he showed there on the screen um, were just some little thumbnail images. One is a logo from the game. So, just confirming that is the full title. Octoberfest Pinball on Tap. Uh, he showed a little, little portion of the artwork which showed one of the characters from named, the game. Which is named uh, Otto. Okay. If, if, if you're going to show anything from Octoberfest, then I'd show some lady in a... Um, in a um, uh, that, that typical um, uh, Oktoberfest um, um, outfit that they wear. I'm sort of looking for the name right now, but I can't say that. Dirndl uh, or whatever it is. But so anyway, yeah. and uh, and there was a um, a sort of detailed close-up of uh, the playfield that showed a little bit of ramp action, but yeah, it's on really playfield level. You couldn't, and it's black and white, and it was yes. a, a very oblique angle, so it was uh, you couldn't really make out an awful lot of it. But except as you say, there were there were ramps there, right. definitely ramps. Um, and but they were also, oh, no, sorry, I say, they're also quite keen to sort of play down the the drinking aspect of it. I think, um, for fairly obvious reasons, saying that it's uh, Oktoberfest is about a lot more than just drinking. Right. Uh, but then, having said that, um, the the logo was basically on a barrel, and uh, it's pinball on tap, all about beer again. So yeah, okay. But but the, uh, what Joe, I think, uh, what he was trying to say is that the game will be family friendly, so it's not going to be a game that's going to be offending. Um, women or people who like beer or um well, people who don't like beer exactly yeah so um so that's uh, that's interesting and joe did say that he is trying to get the game ready for pinball expo yeah that's that's going to be a bit of a push i think but it'd be great if he can manage to do it and i'm going to say this out loud here i'm not so sure whether that actually is a good thing what, getting it ready for Pinball Expo or yes. the theme? Uh, well, I guess it's they've, they've got, got games made very quickly in the past, and maybe you think that that wasn't a good thing either. 
Well, um, if we look at the game, um, yes, they got Houdini done under a tremendous time pressure. And um, while as impressive as that is, um, that seems to be like the only um, uh, success factor for that game because um, there's a lot of Houdinis being um, uh, sold and sold and sold again, apparently. Um, Rumor has it that um, uh, distributors are complaining they sell one game and that game gets being sold every two weeks later on. Right. So um, that's not not very helping um, helpful for the game. I realize that, but if that's a result of designing a game under pressure and just uh, trying to live up to a deadline that you set for yourself, then maybe don't set the deadline, but instead come up with a game that's um, considered to be more fun and uh, has, a, has a layout that people actually can make the shots um, instead of just shooting into posts and bricks and whatever it is. Um, so, sure, but, but, but the, game, the game could, I mean, we don't know, the game could have been designed for a long time and a whiteboard ready for some time um, and the game all the all the shots and the flow and everything dialed in on the playfield and the only thing well the only thing the thing that that's taking the time is the software and the sounds and maybe a bit of artwork so pushing the game to the show earlier may not have any impact whatsoever on the way it plays physically it could just be that when you get to see it it will be missing a, a whole bunch of uh, you know display effects and and sounds and and, and even some of the artwork Right. Then you still might wonder, okay, it's not very likely that they're going to be pushing the game into production uh, really soon, uh, especially if they have to push to get it ready for Expo. That probably means that they're still have months and months of work ahead before they actually start production. Then you can wonder, is it a good thing to show it at Expo? Or maybe should we wait till Texas? Well, the trouble is that they wait till Texas. There's a lot of other things going to be shown at Texas. Right, well, but now it might show at Texas. But now it might eat a pure Houdini sales. Uh, it depends how they present it. Of course, you know, they might might present it in such a way that it's you know it's an early look just to get the excitement going. Uh, right. Well, we've seen how that worked for Jack last time. I mean, um, we got a, a, um, the introduction of Pirates at Pinball Expo last year, and it took him almost ten months to get into production after that. Yeah, true, but did that hurt sales of Darwin or any of their other games in the meantime? Um, well, that's always difficult to tell, but possibly. Mm, or did it stop people buying other games from other manufacturers, you know, waiting for, for pirates to appear? I'm it's, sure it's, that certain manufacturers are convinced it did. Yes, I'm sure. That's all speculation at the moment, but we'll, we'll see whether whether American Pinball managed to, uh, to bring Oktoberfest Pinball on tap to Pinball Expo, which is, um, oh my, it's only, only about three weeks away, isn't it? That's uh, not very long at all. Right. Um, probably less than that. So uh, we, we will know by the time of the next podcast and be able to bring you a full report on that. Right. Well, you will be. Um, I will, yes. <laughs> Um, well, I'll, I'll be busy there giving a report live as well, but, um, but by the time we come to the next podcast, it'll be a good time to, to wrap up and, and look back on everything that went, went down at, uh, at Wheeling uh, that weekend. Um, so anyway, that's, um, that's a little bit about Pinball Expo, but we're not done with that yet because 
a certain right. a certain Mr. Rob Burke was, who's um, now the sole organizer of Pinball Expo, uh, was in Europe at the uh, IAPA Attractions Show yes. in uh, in Amsterdam. Yes, and I was there as well. Um, I can let me give you a, a very brief show report uh, because okay. it really is not that long. Um, so the Euro Attractions Show, uh, organized by IAPA, um, every two years it's in Amsterdam. And this year uh, there was a total of three pinball machines present. All games being Stern games, um, namely Guardians of the Galaxy, Iron Maiden and Deadpool. Uh, they were all uh, hosted in the um, Game Castle uh, booth which was really in the outer corner of the show, so people didn't take, it, it wasn't at the, at the center spot, but really on the outside, you really had to, to look for them. Game Castle being the distributors for Stern? Um, uh, apparently, I guess. Uh, I don't <laughs> think there is a uh, official distributor in the Netherlands for Stern at the moment. I think there are several parties that are distributing Stern games, and right. uh, nobody has the exclusive at the moment. Um, Interestingly, there was a booth reserved for Chicago Gaming and Jersey Jack. And I talked to the uh, the distributor of the games and basically he said that um, neither company could provide him with games in time. And he had none in stock. Um, so basically there was no, they, they booked um, the booth, but they had no games, so they, they didn't show. Oh, that's a shame. Uh, I not, guess so, yeah. Not, not good for pinball in general, I wouldn't have thought. Just having... I'm, I'm uh, getting highway machines. pinball flashbacks. <laughs> yes, yes. So, um, that's, that's not good either. No. And um, there was uh, one other pinball-related company at the show in the form of uh, Pinball Universe uh, mm -hmm. with a, a German um, uh, distributor, reseller, if you want to call it that. Um, they are actually exclusive distributor for the uh, Atari Pong table, the the, the coffee table. It's uh, the physical Pong yes, game. Yes, yeah. and uh, they had a booth entirely dedicated to the Pong table uh, thing, and um, so they were there uh, basically focusing on that, and they had quite a lot of uh, interest. So that's good for them. Yeah, uh, interesting. The uh, pinball pinball universe. Um, and they're there, but not selling any pinball machines or not promoting pinball. I guess they're uh, they're leaving that up to uh, to the other the other distributor or the other reseller. Right. Um, I think that might have to do with um, territory um, restrictions um, in terms of uh, obviously Pinball Universe is a um, a reseller of Stern and Jersey Jack, um, but they're not allowed to sell them in the Netherlands. And as the show was held in the Netherlands, I don't think they're allowed to show Stern or Jersey Jack games. Right, okay, that makes sense, yeah. Okay. So, um, but also present at um, the IAPA show um, with a, a stand for uh, Burke Paper, which is uh, Rob Burke's company in which he's uh, supplying all sorts of uh, amusement parks with all sorts of um, as, uh, stuff that they could need, uh, the, anything a janitor might be needing, you know, like like 
plastic cups to hold drinks and yeah sort of catering equipment and knives and forks and spoons and plates and things like that and paper yeah. napkins and yeah exactly. all yeah. that kind of stuff that mm -hmm. rob is providing that and he had a booth at the um at the stand in uh, or at the show in amsterdam and there i was able to uh, to talk to him and um Obviously, he was very excited about uh, uh, the upcoming Pinball Expo. He's desperately trying to get me to come over there, but I have a different show, so I can't make it there. And um, but I was able to take um, uh, to sit down with him for a couple of minutes uh, in his uh, busy schedule and um, uh, talk about the upcoming Pinball Expo. So we're okay. going to listen to it. Hold on. Oh, uh, oh, hang, hang on. No, what? oh, it's not. Oh, it's not, is it? Is I think it is. Oh. Let me check. Yes. Oh, Gary, not now. No. Uh, okay. So no. okay, I'll respond to Gary. In the meantime, you listen to uh, to my interview with Rob Burke at the uh, IFI Euro Attraction Show in Amsterdam. Here we go. So we're here at the uh, IAPA Euro Attraction Show in Amsterdam. Standing with me is Rob Burke the owner of Pinball Expo and organizer. Um, Pinball Expo is coming up in a couple of weeks, Rob. Yes. Um, this is the first show that you're doing on your own. Right. What can people expect of the rebirth of Pinball Expo? Well, first of all, Jonathan, thank you for tracking me down today. Uh, there's a couple of things we need to know. It's not totally on my own. Uh, I have uh, Dave Fix helped me out with exhibits and Rob Craig has helped me out as well pulling games into our exhibit hall, but um, we can expect a whole lot of positive energy. Uh, a lot of the same exhibitors are coming back, but they're also coming back with, with new excitement and bigger boosts, uh, more energy, and they're just glad to be back to the show, and a lot of exhibitors we had in the past that we lost are coming back, so I'm excited about that. Um, you mentioned Dave Fix and uh, Greg. Rob Greg, huh? Yeah. Um, I also noticed you hired Roger Sharp for promotions. Yeah. Uh, Roger being in, in the industry as long as he had, he's got a marketing company. So I figured what a better person to help me promote the show than to use Roger. So not only have I used Roger, but I've used a local guy in my area to do some marketing. So between the two of us, we've hoped to saturate both social and uh, direct media, either uh, digital media, social media, uh, as well as uh, news or radio and uh, cable. So we're, we're trying to cover the gamut that we've never had before. Right. So does that mean that you're aiming at a lot of locals to come and visit Pimble Expo? You know, it, when the Expo first started, we had a tremendous walk-in crowd, and a lot of walk-in crowd were the locals. And um, a lot of those guys became uh, regular attendance expo because they loved pinball but didn't know where to go to enjoy pinball. And between that and word of mouth, of course, the show became bigger. But then when we moved, we lost that audience because I think uh, we went, went to, especially to Wheeling is where we really felt a drop in the, in the attendance because people weren't familiar with where the show had moved to or it was too far for them to travel. So uh, that's why I put a lot of energy and effort into marketing it and, and bringing some of those people back in. Okay. So um, um, a lot of the show program is familiar to those who attended the show in the past year. I mean, you still have the Stern Pinball Factory Tour. Um, 
but you lost the banquet at Saturday night. Yeah, that was a decision I made. You know, we have been struggling for years what to do with the vendor hall. Do we keep it open? Do we keep it closed? Uh, just with respect of the speakers at the banquet, we wanted people to be there to hear them. But on the other hand, uh, we noticed that the attendance was, was waning over the years. So just the decision was made just to drop the banquet. And we're going to have our, like, the Hall of Fame uh, inductees be part of our regular uh, schedule. And this year it'll be at 7 p.m. on a, Thursday, or on a Friday night. Okay. So we're still going to you know, still keep that part of the, uh, of the banquet alive as far as doing that part of the show. Okay. Um, the charity auction also gone? Uh, the Make-A-Witch is gone. However, this year we're working with Dan Spoiler, Spoiler from Project Pinball. Yeah. And um, we've actually donated a game to him, which he's going to raffle off. And, and monies from that will go to him. Plus, we're going to have a raffle of Stern's Deadpool Pinball, which we're going to have proceeds of that raffle. And we're also going to give to Dan for the Project Pinball. So we're going to keep that charity angle going. I think it's important we do that for the, for the community. Okay. Um, there's still um, a seminar program like you used to have in the, in the past yeah, few years. Yeah, we have a lot of seminars. And what we're doing this year is also we're incorporating a little bit of the video angle. Uh, Ed Fries is one of the guys we're bringing in, and uh, Jeff Lee, the Kubert from Kubert fame, is coming in. So we're bringing some of the video aspect of it as well. And... Uh, another new uh, aspect of the show is all the tournaments we're doing. Uh, not only is Josh Sharp doing his tournament. Uh, Trent is doing his. I'm sorry, I'm Trent. I'm sorry, Trent doing his tournament. But then we, American Pinball is doing their separate tournament where the winner gets to win a uh, Houdini machine. We're also having a separate tournament from a big ball bowler from St. Louis Ball Bowler Company. So you can actually win a full-size working uh, big ball bowler. Then we're having several other tournaments with um, uh, Eunice, the Atari Pong, right. as well as Super Checks. we got a tournament on that. And we have a tournament um, on a Midway Haunted House gun game. So that's something that uh, you won't win a game on that, but you'll win a trophy and some sort of other prizes. But we have a lot of tournaments going on. So that's a whole new element of the show we've never had before. At least not this intensive level so there's it's open to everybody and anybody and in theory you could win both those machines and if you win the raffle you win three machines you could really you do really do real well so well that maybe Jonathan even you would come to the show and enter all these tournaments oh we'll see uh, what I can do <laughs> so uh, but um, from what I hear uh, there's a lot of uh, anticipation coming on in the terms of people are getting excited for the show uh, I mean, uh, past couple of years, people tended to a little bit to be like, eh, expo, but it's the mother of all pinball shows. Yeah. Let's not forget that. So. Well, it's, it was the first, no question about it, but I, I'm the first to admit that the, the, the show was waning in interest, and uh, it just needed a shot in the arm, and hopefully with some of the changes that have been made that the intensity and excitement will return and it'll be a positive experience for everyone in attendance. Okay, excellent. Well, thank you, Rob Berg. Um, thank you, Jonathan. Looking forward to see you at uh, Pinball Expo Looking forward to you. It's, it's always great to see a great man like you there. Thank you.
And we're back. Thank you very much, Mr. Rob Burke of Pinball Expo for uh, for his detailed uh, answers on uh, on the upcoming show, which is held uh, from October 17th till the 20th in Wheeling, Illinois, in uh, the United States of America. Indeed, in I, I will be there, and I'm, I'm hopeful. Oh, this hasn't been confirmed yet. I'm still working with Rob and um, seminars organizer David Fix. Uh, but I'm hoping to be able to video and put online all the seminars this year. Now, as I say, it hasn't been confirmed and we've still got to get Rob to sign off on it because, you know, normally he, he likes to keep those, those seminars as a very special, you know, that's one of the, one of the key selling points of Pinball Expo is the, the range of seminars and the number of, of uh, very knowledgeable speakers who, who turn up to that show. Um, so we may not be able to do that. It, if not, I'll certainly have the audio available from them. Uh, we'll have that anyway. But I'm um, fingers crossed. You know, I'm I'm getting my laptop out, get, trying to get a, a little um, streaming setup put together so I can record them. They won't be streamed live, I don't think, but uh, they they could well be on YouTube uh, a couple of days after the show if it all goes to plan. Right. So, and I look forward to that because since I won't be at the show. I will need to um, do my homework and, and watch everything or listen to everything later on. Although you do great summaries as well, so that saves me someone uh, to listen to some of the seminars that I'm like, ah, you probably covered everything. So, uh, if, if, if I am videoing them, I might, be, I might not be able to keep up with the, uh, the seminars <coughs> summaries quite so, so uh, speedily because I'll be using the laptop to stream stuff rather than write as I take a second laptop. But uh, we'll see how that turns out. Yeah, well, there's always a possibility, but you know what luggage is like, luggage restrictions. But um, so that's happening in, in America um, in a couple of weeks' time. But we've also got news from America for those people who are looking to buy Pinball Magazine number five from Amazon.com. Yes. Um, it didn't quite work out the way you'd hoped. Uh, I'm, I'm re um, trying not to start a rant on Amazon right now, but seriously, I've, re I've, I've put quite a lot of time into um, uh, trying to cater to any every um, uh, demand that Amazon basically laid down like, oh, we want you to do it like this, we want you to do it like that. Okay, so first um, I was expecting them to, uh, I was uh, uh, preparing magazines to be shipped in boxes and um, they would be uh, uh, taking a magazine out of the box and then handling all the fulfillments and um, and then they're like, no, but you need to make sure that it's ready for postage so that they don't have to box it themselves. And I'm like, so what's the fulfillment part? I thought I was paying you guys for that. So, okay, we take out the fulfillment part. Um, so we prepped over 200 magazines over here to um, be shipped to Amazon, completely prepped, like I would send them out uh, uh, from here uh, with mail, so everything completely packaged in a cardboard box with a, a bubble wrap around it and everything, postcards included in the whole shebang. And um, so I'm, 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 I'm discussing this with uh, with Amazon. I'm ready to go, and I'm looking at the fees that they are applying, and I'm looking at um, and they're applying like almost fifteen dollars in fees. And I'm like, hold on. That's not even including postage. Um, so if people don't have Amazon Prime, they still would have to pay postage for that. And I'm like, 
So what are the fees for? On top of that, on three different pages, I get three different quotes for the same product. So I'm like, how come there's no consistency here? And they couldn't explain that. I send them screenshots of the different quotes and I'm still waiting for them to get back to me. But the most important thing to cut a long story short is um, the fees that Amazon is applying is one thing, but obviously before for me to ship the magazine to the US, um, there are postal costs involved as well. Even if I'm shipping a pallet of magazines that way, I'm still paying like, I'd say somewhere between seven to ten dollars per magazine included on that pallet, um, which needs to be added to the price of the magazine in order to recoup those costs. And then with the fees Amazon is applying, turns out the magazine would be more expensive with Amazon than it would be in my own web shop. So then what's the point of ordering it with Amazon? Hmm. Yes. Okay. Well, I'm glad you didn't get into a rant about it because that could have gone on for quite a while. Um, but, uh, and, uh, Sorry, I've just cut to the chase. No, no. I, it, it is actually interesting to see quite exactly how Amazon work when. Um, I mean, when, what they're doing, I suppose, is they're putting it in, on their in their shop window of the website. So people search for pinball and magazine, they will they will see your magazine and it will get promoted to an extent. But yeah, they're going to charge you for that. And it sounds like they're charging you, you know, 15 to between 15 and 20 dollars for that privilege. And um, then, you, as you say, you have to you have to ship it to them in the first place. And if you're not on Amazon Prime, you have to pay for the shipping from them. So it's not necessarily much of a saving. But so the upshot is, if people in the, in the United States want to buy the magazine, they buy it from you directly. Yes. yes? Please go to uh, pinball-magazine.com slash shop and that will get you to the Pinball Magazine web shop and you can order it from there. It will be the, um, um, well, I'll be handling it myself so I can uh, personally guarantee that your magazine is um, uh, shipped and everything. Um, there are alternatives, thankfully. Um, Steve Young is currently selling the magazine, uh, the Pinball Resource, uh, that is, so it's, I think it's on the Pinball Resource website. Rob Anthony will also be selling the magazine from his website, which is uh, pinballclassics.com, if I'm not mistaken. That sounds right, yeah. And uh, he will also be selling the magazine at Pinball Expo, and those copies already uh, shipped, so they will be there, uh, should be there in time. Okay, and if people want to get the, the postcard pack, how do they go about doing that? Um, it's already included with the magazines that I shipped to both the Pinball Resource and uh, to Rob Anthony, so that's not right. a problem. Okay. Um, and if you order the magazine in the Pinball Magazine webshop, the postcards are still available, so um, obviously there's a limited supply, but the supply is still, um, uh, we haven't run out, so if you order your copy now, then you still get the uh, set of seven postcards of uh, Santiago Protos of Wayne Nyan's games. Right. And um, while we're speaking of the magazine, um, aside from all the hassle, the feedback so far has been great. And I'm really appreciative of that. Um, I got some very uh, lengthy feedback from, from um, Wayne Nyan's himself which I um, uh, should probably trend, uh, put into 
a website um, where people can read what Wayne had to say about it, but he was very impressed. Um, Randy Peck, who is a uh, who's featured in the magazine actually, but he's also a big collector of Wayne Nyan's games, was very very uh, impressed with the magazine and learning all sorts of new things about uh, both Wayne and how the Gottlieb factory used to work and. Um, Everybody seems to be impressed with the quality and, and what a huge issue it is. So I'm, I'm mm. very happy with all that feedback. Good. And if you want to have a little preview of exactly what's in it before for um, putting your money down on it, there's a, uh, there's a review of it on a certain pinball website as well. Um, yes. Um, Pinball Which, News, I'm not sure if you've oh. ever heard of them, yes, they, um, in, in this case you, were kind enough to uh, do a, um, um, a neutral review of the magazine, thank you for that, um, so uh, um, I'm not sure whether I should emphasize on this, but just because we work together doesn't mean that Martin is a uh, fan or uh, in favor of my products, in fact I think he's more critical. <laughs> and <laughs> it have to be really. <laughs> so, um, but but Martin wrote a review about what you can expect uh, in the magazine, and uh, obviously it's a lot more than just Wayne Nyans and his career. Uh, there's also Scott Denisi, there's Jack Danger in there talking about uh, Netflix streams. Um, Gary Stern is in there, uh, Doc Score before he went to Stern, and so in his role as uh, vice president of Chicago Gaming, still discussing. Um, things going on with Chicago Gaming at that time um, and and lots more so I'd yep. say Absolutely. check out the review and order your copy in the Pinball Magazine webshop. Okay so moving on from that extended advert um, Let me, let's, let's talk about uh, stick to things Dutch for a moment um, is there any news at all about what might be happening with Dutch Pinball and their their particular travails? No there isn't and let me get back one second, um, there is, for the people in Florida, a very good chance that uh, Little Shop of Games will be offering the magazines soon as well, so keep an eye oh, that, on that as well. But That's Curly down there, right? Yes. Right. Well, actually, it's Marshall. Um, they oh, have right. Yeah. Two, uh, two locations, and I'm currently uh, talking to Marshall, and um, but that should be, uh, that's in the works, so hopefully soon available in Florida as well. And I think they also ship out copies, so um, that's currently being uh, uh, discussed and we're looking at things, so. Um, but so, so no news from Dutch Pinball then? Uh, no. So uh, we do have some from other companies who have, um, shall we say, announced their intention to make games, if not actually got anything to show. Yes. We have um, one called Great Lakes Pinball, who have said very little really about what they're doing other than they have a logo and they're going to be showing something exciting in 2019. Oh. Hmm. Uh, so obviously Great Lakes uh, based in, uh, in the United States, around, around the Great Lakes area. Um, and Haggis Pinball from Australia, who are also working on a game which they are pushing a bit like um, American Pinball did, pushing to try and get done and shown at the Texas Pinball Festival um, in March next year. Uh, they haven't announced a theme, just like Great Lakes haven't announced a theme, but they have got a couple of videos on YouTube uh, and promised to do uh, weekly 
updates to uh, to show their progress. And there's two guys down there who uh, who seem to be fairly recent converts to pinball, but um, seem to be quite well resourced and quite knowledgeable about what they're doing. So let's let's wish uh, both companies Great Lakes Pinball and Haggis Pinball uh, good luck in their in their game development and uh, see what they come up with. Right. Um, so and then you sent me a link earlier. Um, which obviously the viewers don't know, um, to a game that was actually in progress. Uh, is that one of the games that you just mentioned? Because um, I can't remember what I what I sent you earlier. We, we've been been talking about lots of things. Um, right. I think it, I think it wasn't. I think it was a. I think it was a different company. Um, I think that. Um, Mm, let me try to remember exactly who it was, but I think it was um, um, somebody who announced on um, Pinside that they were they were going to produce something, and um, it was a, a sort of uh, what was it called? It was a um, it was a sort of um, a very symmetrical game. It looked very nineties, I'd say, but early nineties. Yes, that's right. Um, it was um, a sort of, um, I want to say Caribbean theme, but it was sort of like a, a, a summer theme, I think, from, uh, the, I remember the exact title of it, but uh, right. I'm sure we'll, we'll come back to that uh, a future date when we've actually got something. Uh, it, it seemed like it was, at the moment, only a, a one or, or a one or two. Cosmic uh, Carnival two. by Sunco. There that's we it. go. That's, yes. Yeah, told you it was to do with, the theme, with summer and all that kind of stuff. Yes, Carnival time. Yeah, Cosmic Carnival, yeah, so uh, let's see what, what they come up with. But that was announced um, a few, uh, quite a while ago, actually, I think. Well, uh, yeah, a couple of months ago, and yeah. uh, so they got something going on um, with a very symmetrical playfield with a couple of ramps that are, well, symmetrical, so... Oh, well, we'll see what they uh, what that ends up being. Um, pardon me for being a little tempered on the uh, new um, companies. Um, as long as they don't have anything in production, then I'm, I'm not holding my breath. Yes, it's, it's easy to announce and difficult to show, I suppose. Right. It's, it's, it's the upshot of that. We've, we've seen, well, in fact, even, even once they've shown, it's difficult to produce as well. Even, right. even more difficult to actually go into production with the game once you've shown something, as right. uh, we've seen many times. So yeah, um, good luck to them in, in their in their uh, development, and um, when they've got something to actually show us, uh, we'll we'll bring it to you here. Right. But um, on the same subject, um, in Germany there's a couple of guys working on a um, a new head-to-head -head game called Good versus Evil. I'm just doing this from the top of my head because I uh, forgot to um, um, write it down. Um, but um, it's a head-to-head -head game, but actually it's two complete playfields, the, the full-size playfields like you have on a normal pinball machine, and then head-to-head. -head. So it's taking up a lot of space, mm. basically two pinball machines back-to-back. Uh, identical playfields, and apparently uh, these guys have been um, working on it for quite some time, and the software code is uh, developed enough that they are going to be showing it at the Dutch Pinball Open Expo um, the second weekend of November. Wow. Uh, so let's hope uh, there's plenty of space to show it then, because it sounds like it's going to be a pretty big game. Yes. It's like a, a ball bowler length. Right, and um, um, is, well, is this just a, is this a homebrew yes, project? Yes, it's I, not something they intend to produce. 
I have no idea, but they will be doing a seminar at the um, Dutch Pimble Open Expo uh, on the uh, Sunday of the show, um, where we will be able to find out more whether they are going for a serial production or maybe just a few hand-built uh, uh, models, I don't know. Um, we'll find out in um, the weekend of November 10th and 11th in the Netherlands. Okay, well, of course, you and I will also be doing our, uh, our seminar, our uh, So You Think You Know pinball quiz. Yes, we will be yeah, doing that. Because you've forgotten. Well, I haven't. No, no, no. Actually, I'm in, in my head, I'm already at Texas next year where we're going to be doing the show um, again. Um, yeah. So um, it looks like we'll be kicking off the Texas Pinball Festival once again um, in the bar area um, during happy hour. Win great prizes and get drunk. So what else a great way to start the show. And exactly. And, and continue it as well. Yes. Yeah. So. Okay. Um, so that's um, that's new games being sold. Um, yeah. Hopefully yeah. going to be, be sold. But there's some, some much older games also um, up for sale. Um, they are coming from the Pacific Pinball Museum, who a little while ago had a sale of surplus machines. Uh, which are duplicates that they have in their in their warehouse that have either been donated or they bought um, or um, they they combined games to get to make you know one one high quality game from the parts of, of two. Um, so they have all these these spare machines in their uh, in their warehouse, and they had a sale a while ago, and now they're having another sale on the 27th of October. Right uh, at their play at their warehouse in Alameda in California, um, I think that's probably all I can really say about that. Um, yeah. Unless you have any any views on uh, on on the sales of uh, surplus machines, Ron? Um, well, I think it's a, uh, I do have an opinion, of course. Uh, I in this case, um, I think it's a good thing that they are getting rid of games that they don't need. I mean, they have a collection that is like. 1500 games something like it is, that yeah that's far more machines that they can ever exhibit you know and then still i hear people are oh, well, oh i'm donating my game to the pacific pinball museum and i'm like if they already have 1500 games they're really not waiting for your game to be donated and uh, that might not sign it's not a um a stab at the pacific pinball museum because they do a great job at uh, preserving pinball and and uh, they have a great museum, and the annex is absolutely amazing. So if uh, if they are ever able to hold uh, to hold events over there, then I would recommend it to anybody. But with 1,500 pinball machines, you're not looking for another 50. That's, no, that's true. But um, if somebody donates a machine that maybe they they can um, they could sell on or repurpose. Um, a lesser, a less desirable title. Right. Um, and they sell it. They can they can raise funds to restore and repair and uh, and and put money towards finding a, a more permanent home for the collection. So sure. But it's, then there's it's not it's not a direct sort of you know you donate the game and it just gets added to the pile. You know things happen because as you say they have a, a finite amount of space there. So true. They, but they do these types of, of sales. And then still I'd say, okay, there's a couple of pinball museums um, uh, all over the place. Uh, there's a couple in America, there's a couple in, in 
uh, Europe. If you are a bit collector and you want to donate your games, um, I'm pretty sure that you want to donate them to a party where they actually get um, used or, or, or um, shown to the public. And I, uh, my personal belief is that there's not much sense in, in adding to the pile if there is other museums that have far less games in stock and they might actually have uh, a better use for those games than just put them in a warehouse. And uh, whenever we get the time to, to look at them, we'll take a look. Um, enough True. about it. Yes. Yeah. Um, but um, one solution would be, of course, to to work in cooperation with uh, the Pacific Film Museum and uh, you know do a, borrow some of the machines for uses in, in, in another museum's exhibit. So that would um, that would sort of help both parties, wouldn't it? As if, if yes. the PPM was a kind of a central repository where people, where other museums and uh, ex exhibitions could could source their machines. Right. So um, there is uh, one other comment that I would like to make in regards to the uh, Pacific Pinball Museum, and it actually uh, relates back to Wayne Nyans. And um, um, I think we discussed this two months ago when uh, Wayne just had celebrated his 100th birthday. Mm -hmm. And um, apparently um, Wayne donated his... Uh, Spirit of 76 game, which is a very special game with a great story behind it, which you can yeah. read in Pinball Magazine number 5, um, to the Pacific Pinball Museum. And while, of course, um, I'm happy for the museum, and I can understand that Wayne is donating the game, um, what I didn't understand was that they picked up the game quite, uh, a few weeks later. Um, and I was like, why not wait until Wayne actually has left this world to say it in a gentle way, and then pick up the game. But they already went there, and I was talking to Wayne a couple of weeks ago, and he says, like, I missed my game. So I, no. I, I talked to uh, Michael Sheese, and I, uh, I already at the podcast two months ago, I was like, how can you take the game from him now? Because it's like his only spare time... Um, uh, 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 diversion, or instead of watching TV, I mean, he, he doesn't do much online, so either he's watching TV or he's playing pinball, and now you take the game away, so what else is he to do? So he misses the game, I called Michael Shees, and Michael told me he felt terrible. He was like, yes, we want the game, but they didn't want it right now, and then it was already taken care of that it would be picked up, and so on. And I said, well, the least you could do is give him another game back, you know, and actually that's what I hear is currently in the works, that the Pacific Pinball Museum is going to be sending uh, uh, a game back to Wayne, and they're currently uh, choosing between uh, two or three different titles which game it will be. It will be completely refurbished and, and so that Wayne doesn't have to, to worry about the mechanics and all that kind of stuff. Right. So that Wayne will have a, a, a game in his garage again, so he can play pinball if he ever feels the need. Well, that's good news, and uh, thanks, thanks to you and to all involved in making that happen. Right. Well, I'm not tapping myself on the shoulder for that, but um, uh, apparently I wasn't the only one wondering, like, why did they take the game now? Mm. So I'm, I'm glad to see that uh, even within the Pacific Pinball Museum, people were like, no, no, hold on, this isn't right. And uh, I'm, I'm glad that they are trying to make this um, uh, work. And for Wayne, it would be nice to have a different game. 
Um, of course, yes. It's, yeah. yeah. I've had that one for a long time now. Even, right. though, even though it's your favourite, it's always nice to have a bit of variety. Okay, so um, we don't normally cover, um, should we say, digital pinball. Yes. But um, there is a little bit of news this, this month about, um, well, in fact, there's two companies who have got news. Um, the first of which is Zen. Um, do you want to mention what, what Zen Pinball have been, have been doing? Yeah, well, Zen Pinball is a, um, I think they are from uh, uh, Budapest in mm -hmm. um, Hungary. Yes. And um, they provide digital pinball machines with a lot of um, uh, animations on the playfield that usually can't take place in real uh, pinball machines. Mm. And they built quite an um, empire, I would say, for themselves in, in making such games. And they recently acquired the Belly Williams license, and they are now remaking basically uh, all the titles that not that long ago were available with the Pinball Arcade. Yes, that was Farsight did have the license until the end of June. Right. Um, when they... Um, I'm not sure exactly who it is who, who licenses the digital versions, whether that's, um, whether that's Rick and Matt or Planetary, that's yeah. directly or, from Williams themselves. Yeah, well, Scientific Games that would be now, but... Um, yes. Um, but whoever it was, um, yes, they, I guess, I guess um, Farsight were outbid by Zen, and uh, so Zen are, are now doing recreations of original games rather than their, their more um, outlandish and um, quite quite amazing titles. Um, and, and Zen Pinball, um, I think, correct me if I'm wrong here, isn't that where quite quite a lot of the talent from uh, was sourced for the Team Pinball game? Yes, exactly. Yes, okay. So um, a, a lot of a lot of pinball skills in, in the digital domain out there, which um, some of which have moved into the the physical. Right. Um, uh, as the fun site, sorry, uh, you've got something to say about Zen? Well, uh, uh, yes, I do. In the sense that um, I haven't followed the um, the discussions online, but there is uh, obviously people are opinionated which uh, company has the better. Um, uh, it's a pinball, pinball physics, yeah. you know, so, uh, and I guess that's a personal thing, so some might prefer um, the, the pinball arcade by Farsight and others might say that Zen does it better. Um, I really wouldn't be able to tell you anything about that because I don't play digital pinball that much, but it's interesting that uh, some people are actually happy to see the license going to Zen because they... Um, are more fond of the uh, the pinball physics used in that. So, yeah, absolutely. That's all. In the meantime, Farsight, um, having lost the William Bally title, um, are now concentrating on um, their they have got the titles and they have Stern ones, and the Stern ones are the ones they're um, really pushing at the moment in a um, in a virtual reality Oculus Rift version of I think about nine um, ten. Ten, is it? Um, yes. Stern, Data East, and Sega, uh, Sega, Sega, Sega yes. titles. Yes. 
which are, I believe, Ghostbusters, Star Trek, Mustang, ACDC, Last Action Hero, Phantom of the Opera, Starship Troopers, High Roller Casino, uh, Ripley's Believe It or Not, exclamation mark, and uh, Harley Davidson. Of course, many of which are licensed titles, so um, I don't know whether that complicated matters or not. In getting that signed up, or whether Stern just deal with all that that licensing, or had that all that licensing, um, I doubt. I doubt they had it when they when they took the license for some of these titles. Well, certainly for the for the older ones, but apparently these are, I'd say, are licenses that are either uh, fairly cheap or easy to uh, obtain. Um, I think with Ghostbusters they were already at the stage that they were like, okay, we need to. to think about digital as yes, well. Yes, I agree, yes. Yeah, but going back to things like um, Starship Troopers and, um, I don't know, Harley Davidson and Ripley's... Yeah, no, that was never yeah. part of the original deal, I guess. So. No, no, so uh, that was but obviously I, not, not a big deal to organize. Right, and I think for a company like Harley Davidson, for them it's just a, a bunch of uh, brand extension, uh, free advertising, if people want to play pinball, um, you know, sure, why not? Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, even if the license with Stern has expired, I guess Farsight were able to negotiate these on the back of their their great uh, Williams Bally titles and the other work they've done with Gottlieb and, and Stern. Right. So, uh, so Farsight are still going strong uh, despite losing Williams Bally stuff, and Zen are uh, moving into a slightly new area of recreations. Right. So, and then you still have to wonder how big is that market um, if there's. One thing I like uh, that that just crosses my mind, and I'll just throw it out there. Obviously, um, um, as long as uh, Farsight Studios had the license, they were obviously pushing for people to uh, buy the games. And uh, once you bought them, then you actually own them, and they will continue to do support on them. So. Um, of course, there's always new people getting into pinball and digital pinball and all that kind of stuff. But you also have to wonder, like, okay, so let's say that that all the diehard fanatic pinball digital or digital pinball players um, all got the the, the the all 60-something titles that Foresight uh, recreated. Mm-hmm. Are you really waiting for another Medieval Madness to show up uh, with them? I mean. You already have Medieval Madness if you want to play the game, and sure, Zen will be adding some of their trademark uh, animations and stuff that that might not be happening in the real game, but still, how big is the market um, since everybody who, who wanted to have these games probably already has them? I do seem to remember us having a similar conversation when uh, the, the, we were discussing the, the possibility of a company reproducing Medieval Madness as a physical game. And we were saying, well, there's plenty of Medieval Madness games out there. If people want one, they can find one without any problem. Um, and now the same thing's happening in the digital domain. So, you know, maybe maybe it's not uh, it's not something that's unprecedented. Okay. Well... Hmm. We'll see, but um, I'm sure, sure it's probably the, the start of a uh, of a series of, of, of titles that um, fast, uh, sorry, that Zen are going to be bringing out, uh, extending beyond maybe what uh, what Fastlight were able to do. Right. Well, uh, personally, I'd say okay, we probably know what Zen is going to be coming out with, um, so it will probably be more interesting to see what else. Uh, um, Farsight is going to be doing because those will be titles that are really new for digital pinball. 
Maybe, or maybe they'll uh, just they'll track what Stern are doing, and if Stern are producing three titles a year. Maybe, maybe Farsight will bring out you know, three or four titles a year yeah. as well. No, three new ones and one one more from the archives. So I guess uh, we'll yeah. just. There's a big back catalogue they can pull from, I'm sure, and uh, added to the, all the new titles that come out. There, uh, I don't suppose they'll, they'll be, be short of titles to to, uh, to, to remake in right. traditional form. Okay, so um, have you got anything else you want to add this month? Mm, no, I think uh, we covered everything that I could um, could think of. Well, of course there was. Um, and this, I'm sorry that this is sort of on the, at the last topic, but uh, we didn't really discuss Vancouver Flipout. But um, thanks to yes. thanks to Tommy and uh, Suzanne for uh, 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 getting me over, and you were there as well. Um, I'd have to say, what a fantastic show! It was uh, it was it was just such a good atmosphere. There, you know, it, it's it's not the biggest show um, of, of the year, but it was certainly, I think, the the one that, that had the greatest um, number of smiles, and everybody just seemed to have such a good time and be so positive about it, and um, it was so relaxed as well. You know, you weren't tied into doing any one thing. You could come and go whenever you wanted, and there was, you know, if you wanted to go and have something to eat, yes, there were food trucks there, or you there was. You could just walk outside the, the building and, you know, within a couple of minutes there were, you know, 50, 60 different dining options all around from from fast food joints to, like, Whole Foods-type stores that had a great cafe in and bars and and upscale dining down by the by the, um, the Op Marina as well. You know, it's, um, it was a lovely, lovely location. Those of hotels, you could walk to the venue from any of them um, and um, and pop into places on the way back home, and or do some shopping, and you know, it, and Vancouver's a lovely city, of course. You know, I've always been a big fan of it, and um, this time just just went to prove that. So I think it was a great show. I had a, a really nice selection of games, so uh, latest titles there. Thanks thanks to Tommy at, at Nitro, and um, and some some seminars um, for for those who wanted to catch up on and and, and hear about the latest games and the people who are making them. So I think, uh, yeah, yeah, hats off to, to Tommy and Suzanne and everybody involved in there and uh, in setting that, that show up and running it so smoothly. Right, and uh, there, there, uh, I can't give enough compliments to Tommy and Suzanne, but there's a couple of things I want to mention. Um, the um, First of all, the location is great. It has a certain atmosphere already in it which is uh, very nice, very cozy, I would say. Um, and then what made the show really stand out, um, and this might sound a little bit weird, but what they did was they had um, made these huge adhesive banners that they would uh, were able to stick on the walls behind, um, uh, like the entrance uh, uh, desk, or uh, if there was a vendor, um, they had aligned all these banners in um, at, uh, behind the banner or, or behind the vendor on this back wall, and that looked just so professional. I thought it was great, you know. Yeah, yeah, um, yes. I, I, you see those lying on the floor. You think, oh, my goodness, these, these are actually massive banners. You know, they're probably I don't know uh, about no four or five meters long. Some of them. Right, but with great artwork, great printing, 
and they really looked great. They really elevated the whole uh, professional um, uh, atmosphere at the show. I would say that's probably not the right word, but part of my Dutch English, or mm-hmm. you know, um, but 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 it 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 just had this air of professionalism all over it, which it, which I think is great. And um, although I didn't play in any tournaments, um, it seems there were like tournaments for everybody all the time. Yes, there were. There were there were a lot of them, and uh, all professionally run by um, Dave Stewart and Jermaine Mariel um, from the Northwest. Um, pinball group who do the shows, uh, do the tournaments at the Northwest show as well. So, uh, yeah, I think it was, uh, it all seemed to run to time as well, and um, everybody seemed to be very happy with the way that it, that it happened. And, and one thing which was very unusual, I think, for any pinball show, that's particularly one that's um, like two and a half days long, is um, Sunday was actually the busiest day. Yes. Of any of them, and that's something you don't normally see. Normally, you know, everyone's thinking, "Oh, we're going to start tearing down the machines by you know, lunchtime," but that didn't happen at all. And it was absolutely well; it wasn't packed, but it every oh, it was, was in use. Well, you could still walk around because of the way the the aisles okay. were laid out. Let's 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 put it like this: you could still walk around, but Sunday afternoon, I think between two and four a.m. Uh, four p.m. Every game at the show, which was were like 150 games present, every game was constantly being played. Yes, absolutely. Um, so, which was which was great to see. You know, uh, I guess the weather probably had a little bit to do with it because Sunday was quite a wet day, um, whereas Saturday was only slightly raining. Um, so people obviously thought they were going to come inside and, and um, come to a pinball show, which was great. But it was, you know, it was not, as I say, it was nice to see a, a Sunday being a full day, if not the fullest day of all the days of the shows, uh, of the show, and um, very well supported by, by locals as, as well as um, people from, from out of town and out of country as well, like us. Right. So, so once again, a big thank you to Tommy and Suzanne for uh, organizing these shows and, and, and flying me over. Um, there was a VIP event on Friday evening where I was uh, uh, fortunate enough to provide the music uh, by DJing. And um, I was happy to hear that people actually appreciated the kind of music that I played. Um, I figured uh we sort of decided on on going with a uh, sort of 80s pop rock um um kind of mix of of music and um that seemed to go very well uh it might not have been as rocky as Tommy was expecting but um um i got compliments from from various people in the uh, in the crowd and um Hats off to Jack Danger and Antoinette uh, Johnson for uh, basically stealing the show <laughs> at the VIP yeah. uh, event. So, yeah, unfortunately, I'd uh, I'd left by then because uh, I was there with Christina and we uh, we needed to uh, to leave and before uh, all that. But uh, from what you said, it sounded like it was quite a quite a performance. Yeah, well, it was absolutely fun, and uh, Antoinette showed um, one of her, I'd say. Hidden talents, and I'm not going to elaborate on that, but it was very nice to be a witness of that. Well, if you want to see it next time, go to the show and, and see it all for yourself. 
Right. So, but this is definitely a show I will absolutely recommend everybody to go to uh, if you can next year. Vancouver Flip Out. That's absolutely a show that you want to be at. Yeah, good. And we've both got um, detailed reports from the show on our respective websites yes. as well. So uh, you can read all about it if you haven't already seen it. And, uh, and as I said earlier, I've got, got the videos of the three seminars um, as well on the Pimble News site. So if you want to see that on, or on the uh, Pimble News YouTube channel. Right. Okay. So I think, uh, I think we're about at the end of this month's um, um, recap of everything that's happened in, that's worth talking about in Pinball in the past month. Um, there's just, um, just time for you and I to say goodbye. Oh, hang on. What's that noise? Oh, crap. Yeah, I talked to Gary. I told him to call me back later. So here we have Gary calling me back later. Oh, um, well, just so, saying goodbye. Yeah, no, that's okay. Um, well, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll be back next month with a new update. If you haven't ordered your copy of Pinball Magazine, you know where to go, pinball-magazine.com slash shop. And uh, I say goodbye for now, and let me hear what Gary has to say. Thank yep. you. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you, and goodbye till next month.